The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from many locations and uh, thrilled to be here this morning on this wonderful Wednesday morning with Dr. Doreen Grampiche for a segment that we call Ask Dr. Doreen. It is so lovely to see you and uh, thrilled, to have, thrilled to have you here this morning. For those of you who can't get enough of Dr. Grampiche, we're going to be live with her for the next hour. And then if you want to get more of her in, in the hour after that, she is going to be speaking uh, during the Autism One conference. And if you go to autismone.com, you can register. They're allowing you to go to a certain number of meetings for free, and you can hear Dr. Grampiche talk um, at the conference for Autism One, which is very, very exciting. Uh, Dr. Grampiche is uh, a true expert in the field of autism. I, I, when we've been doing it in this format, I don't always give the whole disclaimer thing, and I, and I realized I really need to be able to, uh, to do that. Uh, she is the founder of the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, an organization that I absolutely love because they gave me my child back. Um, not to put too fine of a point on it, uh, but she has done many things in her life, including found the charity organization Autism Care Today that has helped uh, thousands of families get grants for things that they need and require. You guys have given away over $2 million, I think, at this point. And um, so we're thrilled to have her here. She truly is an expert in the field of autism. I believe the preeminent expert in the field of autism. And um, it's my thrill to have her here. But I do want to remind everybody that she's here to answer your questions. And there is no individual, no expert who could give individual specific advice in this particular format. So please write in and we're going to talk about all the ways that you can write in, but realize that um, you know, there are a couple of things that will help her. Give her as much information as you can. Uh, tell her what the closest major city is to where you are. And that will help her to know what resources might be available to you. But you must realize that she does not have eyes on the situation. And so she's going to give you information of a general nature that will help you to go back to the expert that does have eyes on the situation to be able to further help you. But it's going to help you to know what questions to ask next, which I absolutely adore. I promised that I would tell you places that you could watch and that you could ask questions. And so uh, let's start by saying that we are live in a bunch of different places on our homepage, autism-live.com. Live there and you can chat there. Although I'm having issues with the chat this morning, the live chat, but we'll see if that uh, fixes itself. We are also live on YouTube and you can write in your comments there, live on Facebook Live. We take lots of comments from Facebook Live. We're live on Twitter. 
and we're live on Periscope. Later on, if you wanna watch us recorded, if you wanna go through our library of videos, the two best places to go are our homepage, autism-live.com, you can see it there, and also our YouTube page archives all of our um, past videos. But you can also catch those in iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. Please know that on iTunes, you have the choice of getting it just sound or sound in picture. Some of the other ones, your only choice is to get it with sound. So we try to remember to spell things for those of you who are listening and don't have the full view. But I hope that you will not only participate in the way that makes sense to you, but many people have been writing in and saying, you know, what, what can we do for Autism Live? And I'm so glad you asked. Uh, because our mission here is to provide inspiration and information to people and to provide it in a free format. Uh, so we don't spend a lot on advertising. We count on you guys to share the information that you get here. So you can do that by simply sharing or you can subscribe, that helps us uh, to stay on the air. Also, you can like us on iTunes. So subscribe either on our homepage, Facebook, or you can like us on Facebook or subscribe on YouTube. That's my spiel about that. We're so thrilled to be here with Dr. Grampiche. Dr. Grampiche, thank you for sitting so, uh, so wonderfully and gracefully through all of that. Uh, somebody has already written in and said, love her, because I said that Dr. Grampiche was going to be on. And Christina is saying hello. Nikki is saying good morning. Uh, and Christina is saying, love your hair, Dr. Doreen, which I believe was the oh. first thing I said to you this morning. Thank you very much. It looks great. And uh, Laura is saying hello. And Raquel is saying good morning. And Laura is saying hello from Poughkeepsie, New York. I love Poughkeepsie. Wow. Um, from a child, I just thought that was the greatest name for any place in the world, Poughkeepsie. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite words. So there we go. Okay, uh, Dr. Grampiche, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Shannon. How are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. We're really excited about um, this weekend. On, uh, starting Friday on Autism Live, we're running a marathon of Temple Grandin videos. It's going to run all weekend long, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, uh, wow. which means that which means that I am getting a couple of days off. <laughs> and Temple speaks, awesome. I get time off. So that's I'm excited about that. Uh, Shannon needs a break because I, you know, the wheels will come off at some point. Uh, all right, I have questions uh, that have already been sent in, and of course, we're taking questions live um, and you guys can be writing in right now, but people had written in um, during the week and last night, especially. Okay. First question. We have heard that some card offices will be reopening in June. How soon will we know if our center is reopening? Can we choose to do some sessions in the center and some with telehealth? Great question. Yeah. Um, and yes. So to uh, first start with the, the last question, uh, yes, you can do some telehealth and some in-center, certainly. You can mix and match. Um, you can also do some in-home, if you like, because we're also offering in-home now. Uh, the centers that are opening June 1st, every two weeks, we will be opening roughly 50 more centers. We're starting June 1st, and we have selected uh, the first 49 clinics, but uh, we're going to be changing our mind on that a little bit. And the reason is that 
We're opening the centers where there are more families requesting services. We're going based on what the need is. So uh, we, will, we have over the last, I think, 10 days been contacting the families of those particular 49 sites and asking them if they are interested in receiving hours in the center. And if, you, if we end up having a lot of families saying, yes, I absolutely need to restart or want to restart, then those are the centers that will open. If families say, no, I'm uh, really not ready to come back, or I'm not interested, or I can only do a couple of hours or something like that, then we're not uh, opening those centers. So I think uh, at the end of this week, actually, I think on Friday, we're going to be revisiting uh, all the results from the families um, and seeing where the so it's basically what the families want. So if we end up getting a lot of hours added in one particular center because there's a lot of families in that center, that's where we're going first. Otherwise, we're going to revisit it in two weeks and three weeks and so on. Make sense? I, it totally makes sense. And I, I, I hope um, I know that everybody who is on here, they're, they're not all card families, although I wish you all were. Um, right. But for the, for the card families that are on here, I want to say to you, um, this is just another example of card listening to the parents and going, you know, where parents, it's, I don't think parents realize how much it's driven by what you need and what you want. So uh, I hope, I've been saying on our PTA calls, and if you're a card family, please participate on the PTA calls. I've been saying, take this phone call, tell them what you want and what you need, because it's very, uh, I, I, the one thing, there are a lot of things I don't like about this time, but the one thing I'm really loving about this time is that families are, are really in the catbird seat. For those of you who do want that telehealth, it's there. Like how exciting is it that it's there and most of your funders are paying for it. For those of you who are wanting to do in-home and a lot of places that is available to you, I absolutely love that. And I love our card heroes that are making that happen. I'm so proud of them. And then for those of you who've been longing to come back to the center, make sure you take that phone call and have your voice be heard saying that you are wanting to come back to the center because it, not everybody is ready. And I love that you guys are listening. Uh, okay, we've had a question that has come in. Are behavior technicians allowed in schools to support children? I feel like my son needs one with him there. The teachers there have no knowledge of ABA. Yes. Well, of course, uh, yes. And uh, in general, behavior techs are allowed uh, under certain circumstances. So the way that it works is that you call for an IEP, you as the parent request an IEP or an individualized education plan meeting. And then uh, the school meets with you and you tell them I need help with my child because I don't think anyone here really knows how to handle him or teach him or so on. And you have to be more specific and you have to kind of say what areas you need help with. And um, I can give you some suggestions for that too. And then basically we'll initially say, uh, okay, maybe you'll need an aid. We might give you an aid of our own. And a lot of schools have aids that they can assign. Uh, you might want to request that uh, you want to know for sure that the aid has been trained in ABA. Um, which is absolutely your right. 
And if they can prove to you that the aide has ABA training and is sufficiently trained as a RBT, registered behavior technician, or a BCAT, board certified autism technician, then you probably have someone who sort of knows what they're doing. Um, you would want to make sure that there's a supervisor overseeing your child's program, and that person should be a board certified person, so either a BCBA or a BCAP. Um, and if they have one of those credentials, you can be sure they know what they're doing in terms of supervision. Um, and then uh, either it's the school's uh, uh, staff, or if the school doesn't have those people, then the school is obligated to pay for an organization that does have those uh, people to serve your child. Um, it is not necessarily what every school district wants because it's cost for them. It costs them money to pay for an outside organization. So they'll initially try to convince you that they can provide the service. It is your job to evaluate what they offer you. And if you don't like it, it then it becomes kind of your responsibility to prove to them that it's not good enough. Uh, the law says that they are supposed to offer you a free and appropriate education. So if any aspect of that is not appropriate for your child, uh, then you have, they have to pay for the provision of something that is appropriate. Um, so that's how you get to have an aid from an agency come in, uh, a BT or a behavior therapist or a technician. Um, CARD has contracts with all the different districts uh, around the country. We've been doing this for a very long time with districts, um, and we do serve a lot of students uh, in schools. It's, uh, it, the service is not referred to as, in, the, in that case, it's referred to as related services, and it's part of your IEP. So then the school district pays the provider and then the provider does your program and comes into the school. And, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. But I will tell people that typically on Mondays, we have a special education attorney here with us, Bonnie Yates. And she talks endlessly about how you ne negotiate all these, these waters. But the one thing I want people to know is as much as it seems like Mount Everest and it's just so far away and how do we get there? Lots of families have been able to do it successfully. Lots and lots and lots of families. Oh, so yeah. don't, don't be disheartened. I mean, I'm one of those families that I remember people told me, oh, there's no way you're going to get a one-on-one -on -one aid and there's no way you're going to get a card one-on-one -on -one aid in your son's classroom. That is not going to happen. I even had a school administrator tell me that it was going to happen over her cold, dead body. She's still alive and I got it. So there you go. Um, <laughs> it happens. I'm like, I, I wanted to be really rude on the day that it happened and say, are you dead yet? But, you know, I decided it was much more important that we had what my son wow. needed. And then I was calm and cool and collected about it. Uh, okay, we have a lot of people writing in and about card services with questions. The first one, I'm a parent of two young adults, 17 and 19. I'd like to know more about your organization, services, and locations. They're, they live in Daly City, California, and I don't know where that is. I'm geographically challenged. Do you know where that is, Daly City? Is it Daly City, D-A-L-Y? Yes, it is. It yeah, is. I'm not sure. I think it's in Northern Cal, but I'm not sure. And the family can tell us. Obviously, if you're yeah. in California, we're everywhere. Yeah. 
and and then another person, uh, Cassidy Hooper, a good friend of the show, had written in earlier this morning and wanted to know specifically if Card was doing services and more services with adults. And we've got this question about the 17 and the 19 year old. And somebody else asked, how do you apply for Card? So maybe we can hit all of that in one answer or not. I'd love to. Okay. So yeah, of course. Uh, so we're we are we're in uh, 260 locations across the country, and I can tell you that about 70 of them, or 60 or 70 of them, in California. So there's a lot of sites in California. Um, I would think we're pretty close to Daly City somewhere. So uh, yes, we serve uh, individuals of all ages, and we have. Um, many different types of programs available to our 17, 19 year olds or and or adults. Uh, it all depends on the initial evaluation process that we do with you. Um, and you can learn a lot more about our locations on our website, centerforautism.com. And you can learn about the evaluations that we do on there as well, but specifically on our skills website, which is skillsforautism.com. Um, on there, you can learn a little bit more about both of our programs, the, the kind of, uh, I don't wanna say child, but child and adolescent program, as well as the adult program. And I can tell you that once we conduct our assessments and the assessments are just a lot of questions that we ask you uh, about your child, and it helps us identify their areas of strength and weakness, uh, what areas need to be focused on. I mean, you know, you could have a um, teenager or a 19 year old uh, or a 20 year old or whatever who is uh, extremely high functioning and just needs support uh, getting a job, let's say, or needs support uh, making their way through college. Uh, at the same time, you can have a teen who is nonverbal and needs support um, learning how to communicate their needs through an AUG device. So there's all areas of the spectrum and we uh, enjoy working with all different levels of functioning. And so for um, our adults, which actually, you know, our teens qualify for this as well, uh, either we're providing support services, so that means, you know, supporting them in, with one thing at a time or things that they might need to function in the environment, or we're doing full kind of intervention and teaching them everything from daily living skills, functional communication, um, uh, you know, vocational skills, adaptive skills, everything. We do actually have a couple of centers that are adult only and they are set up like a home. So uh, in those centers, we teach, you know, everything you need to know to, to be able to live independently. So everything from, uh, you know, how to produce uh, food, uh, make food, cook, sandwiches, et cetera, to laundry, cleaning, you know, chores in the house, all that sort of stuff, as well as depending on the individual's interests, we start heading into vocational preparation. So we do a lot of work on skills and tasks that would help the adult get a job. And then we help with finding the job. Um, but initially with uh, younger individuals who are like late, let's say in their teens, 
it really depends on their needs. If they're still in school, we're, we're helping them get through school. If they're in special ed, then we work with the family and their skills assessment to identify kind of the more important issues like you know, communication, safety, hygiene, those types of things, um, which are in my mind much more important than academic. Um, so, you know, it, we do all of it and, and we try to base it on how much time the individual has available for us and what their priorities are. And I just want to say to the parent who we were talking about the, the aid in the classroom, uh, they wrote in and said, can I, the, uh, um, can they write to me more information that they need some help? Absolutely. My email is s.penrod. P as in Peter, E as in egg, N as in Nancy, R as in robot, O as in Oscar, D as in dog. At autism, we all know how to spell that, hyphen live, that's L-I-V as in Victor, E.com. So S as in Sam dot, that pen rod that I spelled out. Um, and you, you, please feel free to email me um, whenever somebody has a question or a concern, especially if it's too long to fit in the chat box, I'm always interested. Uh, be patient, but persistent with me because you can imagine we get a lot of different emails. Um, okay, so I hope that answered a wide variety of questions. I did look up Daly City and it's a suburb of San Francisco. So we have a bunch of different offices that are up there. Want to encourage everybody to go to centerforautism.com, hit the locations tab. You can put in zip codes, you can put in cities, you can put in states and take a look at everything that's there. You want to be as close as possible, but there is an adult center that is just getting ready to open up there, close to there, I think in that area, take a look at it. I don't know, yeah. And, uh, you know, I am, I'm heavily pushing our leadership and our board to open more adult centers. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully we'll be able to expand our adult. Now, I also wanna tell people that right now, uh, our, you know, schools are closed and, and, and a lot of schools obviously are saying no uh, summer either no extended school year. So, and even if they were open, like we're not even with our kids who are school funded, uh, they're not allowing us to go to the child's home. Uh, schools oddly are saying only telehealth right now. So we'll have to see what happens with school funding. Absolutely. Uh, okay, we have somebody writing to us from India. My child is six years old and has issues with manding and interverbal questions. Had been in therapy for the past three years with a BCB specialist. The BCBA works through a therapist who makes lots of errors and does not correct my child. My BCBA, uh, you're going to have to send me more of that because um, uh, I don't have the whole thing, Traven. Um, it's because it's lengthy. But that's already, that's a bit of a bummer. If you have a BCBA and you're working remote um, and the, the technician is making errors and not correcting, uh, what advice would you have just for that, Dr. Grant Bichet? Well, I mean, I would, I, I, my initial concern is also that there's problems with, with manning and intraverbals. That's a, you're jumping like that. That just seems strange to me because Manding uh, and what's the status with tacting, which comes before intraverbals? So that's one question. And also, manding, you there's something wrong if you're having an issue with just manning. Manning is the beginning of everything, it's requests. So 
my my thinking is that you need uh, you need to revisit the folks who are providing the services. It is part of the BCBA's job uh, for you to train the behavior tech who's working with your child. Um, so maybe you should have a conversation with the BCBA and say, you know, I'm a little concerned then should we change this behavior tech or this individual therapist? I don't know. You can also have the behavior technician uh, go through uh, the Institute for Behavior Training and get training online so they improve. Uh, I have found that there is a difference between people who are certified. So they can get become an RBT, which is a registered behavior technician, or they can become a BCAT, board certified autism technician. And that requires 40 hours of class time and some hours of a role play practicum field training. And if they do that, they will be a higher quality provider of services. And then your BCBA will have an easier time supervising. But you know, for in, in the card system at least. I hold the supervisors responsible for improving the BTs. Uh, we provide a lot of training initially, but afterwards the supervisor's job is to make sure the BT is doing what they're supposed to do. I've got a little bit more information here too, Dr. Grampiche. She said uh, that the BCBA is not ready to change that therapist at any cost because the child is high functioning and she is verbal, but scripts a lot. And recently her WISC-5 score and a Wyatt score, they're both really poor. Her ABLES is filled out, but when asked questions from, uh, from there, uh, she's unable to answer. Please tell me, excuse me, when you are opening a center in India. <laughs> so, um, so okay. yeah. I have some more comments then. So I think you're, you may need another VCBA you may need someone who is going to go past the ABLES, okay? The web ABLES is not gonna help your child enough if your child is high functioning. Um, when I don't know what your whisk and waist said, but a lot of times, even if it's a high functioning child, uh, on the whisk and the waist, you're not gonna do that well, especially on the whisk, because uh, this is the Wexler Intelligence Scale for Children whisk. And uh, the reason is that, and we've talked about this before, Shannon, is that a, lo a lot of these intelligence tests are verbally loaded. So there's a lot of verbal questions and the child is just not understanding the language, the verbal. It's like administering a test to someone in a foreign language and then saying, oh, that has to do with their intelligence. It's not really, uh, it doesn't have to do with their intelligence. It has to do with the fact that they're either not able to attend or understand what's being asked of them. So that isn't going to be a good enough measure. Now, uh, what I what I think you should do, uh, what, here's what I would recommend for this family. I would really recommend that you go on skills um, and answer, do an assessment. And that's not going to cost you much, I think. Uh, so I think you go on skills for autism and do the intake, the whole procedure to start up. And the procedure to start up requires you to answer a lot of questions about your child and then see how that contrasts to the ABLES because you're saying the web ABLES is kind of almost complete. I, I guarantee you when you do the skills assessment, you're gonna have hundreds of lessons remaining to teach 
in the cognitive and the executive functioning in the language and social areas. So I would really recommend that you complete that assessment because you'll have a whole new kind of, you know, shopping cart of lessons. And then what you need is a BCBA who is willing to follow skills and, and do those lessons. And then what you need is really good behavior text. Now, I do wanna say that you don't need to be doing discrete trial if your child is very high functioning, I don't know the level when you say everybody has a different idea of what high functioning is classified as. If your child, but then it doesn't make sense to me that you're doing manding because manding is just teaching the child basic requests. So if your child is not able to make basic requests right now, then we have work to do. It's sort of all over the place. If you really, I think the best thing for you to do is do the assessment on skills. It'll give you a very, very precise kind of idea of all the skills you need to teach your child still and all the areas that they're very strong on. And then, and, and then you'll know exactly kind of what to do next. Okay. Uh, I want to say to everybody's skills. Confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing for parents, Shannon, when like, you know, you do one assessment like the ABLES and you're like, oh, my child can do all of this. And then, you know, you do a standardized te test like the WISC and you're scoring really poorly. And then on top of that, your BCBA says, no, I love this BT, but the BT is not correct. And you're it's just like, okay, which direction do I take? Yeah. It's very yeah, confusing. Yeah. But your, your, your team has to work as a team and has to listen to each other. And I think the first, you know, people are always asking me, what's the hallmark of a good ABA program? I, I think, you know, feeling like you're a part of the team is, is on that list of things. And so if you're telling them the therapist is not doing what you're asking to do and they're saying it's okay, I wouldn't feel like I was being listened to if I was that parent. Um, so, you know, I would have a discussion about that. I'm not saying necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater, but have a conversation and say, I need to feel like I'm being heard here. Um, I, I think agree. that's, I think that's I really agree. important. Uh, I also want to tell I everybody agree. skills. Um, if you go to skillsforautism.com, you can find skills and find out more about skills. They're offering a discount right now. Um, and there's a phone number, just call the phone number. Don't worry about codes and things. Call the phone number. Um, tell them that you heard about skills on Autism Live and they will give you a big discount and that will be a lovely thing. And write yeah. to me if that is not what happens. Because <laughs> that's supposed to happen. Wanna, yeah. That's right. And I want to follow up with what you said because it's so important, Shannon. A lot of times parents think that they're not supposed to have a say in this. And there's, there's if you feel that someone is kind of uh, putting you in a corner or making you feel, guilting you into it or coercing you into it, then, then that's on them because you have to be completely part of the, the program and you have to have enough ABA knowledge and training to be on board and to agree or disagree because you know your child the best. No one is going, the, the BCBA will know ABA better but no one's going to know your child as better, better than you do. So your feedback is vital. And the way that you get into a, a good cohesive program is that you learn enough ABA that you can speak the BCBA's language and you can understand what they're intending to do. 
And then your role is to kind of melt, melt it into what's appropriate for your child and to say, oh, I, see, I can see that working or no, I can't see that. Like that's not an appropriate reinforcer for him. This is, or that's a straight, he's a very visual child. Like there are th certain things about your child nuances that will really help the program. And then if you understand enough ABA where you can bring that together and bridge it with what the BCBA plans, that's success. If you yeah. ever have a situation where on an ongoing basis, the BCBA is telling you stuff that just doesn't feel right, that's not gonna, you're just not gonna succeed. You Either you need to learn more about what their intention is or they need to be listening to you more. Yeah, it's hard. It's a tightrope. Let's be honest about that, that, you know, here is this yeah. expert and they're gonna give you advice about what to do with your child. And sometimes that feels right. like, well, I know no, more about my child um, then you know about my child. And that's true, but they know more about autism. So you got right. to work together. And when something doesn't sit right, you have to communicate that back to the BCBA and say, I don't think I can do that. And here's why. Um, right. So that they understand where you're coming from. And the best BCBAs, you know, I, the, you know, the person who was the supervisor on our team for most of the time was so good because there were times when I would lock up and I would go, I don't want to do that. Right. And she she would say to me, okay, I hear you. I hear what you're saying because you're worried about X, Y, and Z, but I want you to know that I've seen this happen before and we're going to be with you on this. And here's how we would work through it. If you agreed. And if you don't want to do that, here's what I think might happen, which I don't think you will like. And once she explained it to me, I would go, okay, then let's do that. Knowing that my fears were addressed. Right. So that she exactly. helped me to get all the things out of the way. It didn't mean that I had to just submit. Um, it was a, it was a dialogue. It was a dialogue. So um, if you're saying that your therapist is not doing what the BCBA says and the BCBA says, Oh, it's okay. That is not a dialogue to me. Um, anyway, uh, having said that, um, but maybe it just needs to have a conversation. We don't know. Uh, Christina said, I haven't heard anything about the card reopening only in the PTA meeting with you. And, you know, you should be getting a phone call soon. And if you don't get a phone call, I would, I would call your operations manager and say, Hey, yeah. what's yeah. happening? Yeah. And you might be in round two or round three. So the ones that are opening on June 1st, and then there's another batch opening uh, June 15th, and then another batch opening July 1st. Every two weeks, we're attempting to open like 50 more sites if we can. Um, and again, as I said earlier, it, these, the sites will change based on the parents' uh, need and commitment. And also based on uh, therapist availability. Like, Right now, we had to, uh, for during the last two months, uh, some of our therapists, our BTs, did not feel comfortable coming into the homes. So all of those folks went on either leave of absence or furlough um, for two months. We're bringing those folks back right now. And let me tell you, some of them still don't feel comfortable having contact with the kids. So uh, we might not have enough therapists in some regions. We are hiring again. Uh, and we are starting to train again, which is wonderful because so many people need jobs. But you know, it is a, it's a time where not everybody wants to have contact with each other. And, and I got to be honest, because I know sometimes when we hear, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're not, um, 
willing to come back and work with the children, it feels like, oh, it's personal. But I want to remind you that sometimes that's for very specific reasons. Like I, I know at least one person who is a, a therapist who is living with their grandmother, helping to take care of their aged grandmother. And so they would love to get back with their kiddos, but they're protecting their grandmother. So I don't want anybody to take it personally. It's not about that. It's about each person's oh, individual oh. circumstances, right? Oh, uh, next, 100%. Yeah. And I want to say also on that, like notes, there's a lot of our folks who have kids of their own yeah. and their kids are at home and they don't have childcare. So, I mean, that's another reason. And another thing I want to say is uh, so we've had some pretty incredible therapists and I encourage all of our viewers to, oh, to yeah. go on our social media program with all of our uh, cards, social media. So whether it's uh, Facebook or Instagram or uh, Twitter, uh, even LinkedIn, we have uh, we have a lot of uh, people we consider to be our heroes, and so we have had a, a, pro, a little kind of blurbs or paragraphs and little things about each of those heroes uh, for the last few months. Um, so I really encourage our viewers to go on and look at our hero program because honestly, I think our people are incredible, incredible people. Absolutely. And it's so, so inspirational to see how much they care and love about your kids. It just takes my breath away. We need to do another show sometime soon, Dr. Grant Pichet, featuring the card heroes because they're, they're stacking up. Uh, somebody wants to know, what do you do if the staff at a group home has no knowledge of autism? Oh my gosh, that's not good. Just not good. Wow. So I, and it's not something that should be happening in this day and age. But, uh, you know, I, I would probably start with just talking to the director of the group home and asking if you can provide them with resources so that they receive some training. Um, and then you need to, we, we used to do a lot of this type of training. I'm sure we still do at CARD. We can still provide that. IBT, Institute for Behavioral Training, provides a lot of video-based type training, which is wonderful. But I think for a group home, I would really encourage both, both class time or video training, as well as real practical training from a BCBA. So they understand, I mean, it's not that complicated to go through and talk about what is ABA and how do I uh, apply the basic principles of ABA to every individual. Yeah, so important, so important. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, my son only says one word. How long does it take for him to speak more? Also, he can read at three years old, but only says one word. Okay, so that's uh, wonderful that he is reading. Um, that, as I've said many times before, uh, we, uh, uh, kids who teach themselves to read at two and three are, are what we call hyperlexic and hyperlexia always tends to contribute in a positive way to their, to their overall outcome. Uh, it seems that kids who are hyperlexic have a very good visual memory. And so it becomes easy to use their reading ability to prompt their verbal utterances, their language. And uh, so you have to kind of work together with a BCBA who knows that and can, can do that. Uh, it, it's as simple as you know, having a visual component. So every sound imitation, every word, everything has a visual component so that you're presenting, let's say a, a sound, a letter sound when you're trying to get the child to imitate. 
and then later, of course, words for labels, and then later words even for sentences, sentences, and so on. And all of that ends up leading to the ability to communicate, converse, etc. So um, I, I would feel encouraged that your child is hyperlexic or sounds like he or she is. Um, I would be doing pretty intensive therapy right now. If you're not doing intensive therapy, things are not gonna change. Uh, the fact that you have one request is good. Uh, there, a BCBA working with you will make that into two and five and 10 requests. These are called MENS. And then we'll, we'll go into tacts, which is labeling objects using one word and then uh, maybe multiple words. And then they'll bring in descriptive uh, language. And then you're, this is how we teach the child to start expanding their speech and then going into what we call intraverbals or more abstract language. And so there's a whole process of teaching this stuff and you can easily do it. You just need to get into a comprehensive ABA program. Wonderful. Desiree says, hi from Sri Lanka. I think that's the oh, first time hi. we've had a shout out from Sri Lanka. I love that. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, I don't work for CARD, but I do have a son who gets in-home services and the therapists have good knowledge, but that's my experience. Well, that was my experience too. So I'm right there with you. I want to make sure that I get to a question, a question that somebody wrote in in the night. Uh, we've been doing telehealth with CARD and I want your viewers to know it has been a blessing for us. My husband oh, and I have learned so much. I almost wish parents would be forced to do this at the begin of, beginning of therapy. We feel like we are better prepared and have a better relationship with our son. My question, if I want to learn more, what would I do? What degree would I need if I wanted to do this with other children? Thank you. This has changed our lives. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. Those, those, those are the things that also just like give me goosebumps because thank God that's so wonderful. Yes, of course. As a parent, I encourage parents to actually try to go and get your RBT or BCAT certificate. Um, you can do that very easily on the IBT website, which is ibehavioraltraining.com. And uh, you just go in and you look at, first you could just take courses there. You don't have to even get your certificate. You can go in, in the section for parents and you can select. And these modules are like, some of them are 20 minutes, some of them are an hour, two hours. They're, they're awesome and they progressively teach you more and more ABA. But if you're gonna do that, you might as well go for the whole RBT certificate or BCAT certificate where you do 40 hours of specific modules of training and then you take a national exam uh, that kind of it gives you a, a level of uh, you know I, I suppose prestige or respect or, or it's a certificate that says you are you know this material pretty well as a behavior tech and then if you decide to go further and become like a supervisor of programs someone who can not just implement ABA but also design design of ABA programs is a complicated thing, uh, then you would need to get your BCABA or your BCBA. Your BCABA is uh, Board Certified Associate Behavior Analyst, uh, or your BCBA is Board Certified Behavior Analyst. And this is a bachelor's or a master's level degree. Uh, and it involves uh, 3,000 hours of, of also practical work. Um, so that's a few more years. 
But, you know, certainly with an RBT or BCAT, you can work with other children. Um, we hire people who are RBT or BCAT. We hire people who don't have that credential and we help them get that credential. And then, of course, on the supervision level, you, you need the higher degree. Okay, I'm laughing because it's all these initials and somebody wrote it and said, what is the whisk and the whale? And oh. <laughs> this cracks me up. Because uh, it's alphabet uh, land. It's total crazy alphabet the, land. The whisk is the Wexler intelligence scale for children. The waist is the Wexler adult intelligence scale. So they're sure. all uh, Wexler tests and Wexler tests are some of the best IQ tests, intelligence tests, but they are okay. verbal. All right. Uh, somebody wants to know, what's the closest center to Poughkeepsie? And I got to be honest with you, I don't know if it's the Larchmont. Um, so what I want you to do is go on centerforautism.com, go into locations, and you will see that there are some centers who are close to you, but I don't, I'm geographically challenged. We, we, I, not, I would, no one would ever have, and I like am from upstate New York, but I don't know what's closest to Poughkeepsie. So check, and you can see... Yeah, go no, ahead. please go ahead. I'm sorry, Shannon. I was just going to say, no, no, uh, I'm sorry. But so when you're on the site, if you go to locations, there's a thing and it, it tells you like you can put in um, and, and put in a zip code and it'll tell you what's closer. Or you could just put in New York, for instance, and it'll show you all of the offices that are in New York so that you get a better feel. I personally like to search that way. I just put in state, uh, the state of New York, and then I can see how many are there and where they are. I just my preference, but you can do it however you want. Now, what were you going to say, Dr. Grandison? I was just going to say a couple of things. The, I remembered now that one of our uh, previous question asked, uh, uh, how do I sign up? And we didn't answer that. So you basically, if you go on our website, there is a place for signing up. You contact our admissions department and they have you go through some initial paperwork and then we have you do an assessment right off the bat, which is the skills assessment so that we can get some ideas. And then we do an intake meeting kind of a, a, a which we are doing intake via zoom right now. Um, so we would meet with you and your then see your child and you demonstrate a few things and then we write a report and make recommendations for hours to your payer to your insurance company or your school or whoever is funding your program and then we get uh started and this is a good time uh in in a lot of our states because as i said parents are not yet fully coming on board so some of our sites actually have space and oddly some of our sites have space in the afternoon sessions which is unheard of we've never had time available time after three because it's such a, a commodity everybody wants the three to five or three to six hour and right now i'm hearing that there's like maybe some of our sites there's only like five parents wanting to start restart so there's a lot of open space um, i do want to say that new york uh, given that new york was hit very hard with COVID 19 a lot of parents are very, very hesitant. A lot of therapists are very, very hesitant to come back. So I believe our New York sites are in phase two, and that is in about a month from now. So that's like middle of June. Uh, what I also wanted to say is 
it is there is a regional thing you know as you know shannon i came to florida a couple days ago and it's a very different experience than when i was in la so people's reactions right now to COVID and the way people are dealing with it is completely different state by state. So, and we're, we're kind of very respectful of how people feel in different cities. Uh, like the bigger cities, I find that people are a little bit more hesitant to come back to services in the centers. Uh, and we're very respectful and trying to do whatever we can to help those families as well. Wonderful. Somebody asked a question about what is the friends and family discount at Skills, and it reminded me that we haven't said this week what the free thing at IBT is. So um, there are two separate entities, Skills and IBT, which is the Institute for Behavioral Training, but they are working together right now. Um, and so this week, the free IBT parent e-learning that they're offering um, is parent communication and socialization. So it's lessons like, how do I get my child to ask me for things? When is it time to use visuals to help my child communicate? And when will my child be ready for a play date? You can access all of those on, I'm reading it right off the email that they sent me, go to ibehavioraltraining.com. At the top, there is a heading that says health and human services section. You click on that, then you click on caregiver and then parent e-learning. You put those uh, trainings into the cart and then the code for the coupon code is COVID, all capitals, C-O-V-I-D uh, hyphen 19. And then it should zero out your cart if you pick the proper ones. Um, they also wanted you to know that they are offering a discount this week on um, skills. They're offering a 10% discount on all of the skills products. Um, with any referral, but you have to call and say that you are calling from, uh, that you saw your friends, your friends and family with Autism Live. So for, if you're having difficulty with the IBT cart or with skills, there's one phone number to call. It's 877-975-4559. I'm going to say that again, 877-975-4559. Five, nine. And then you can always find more information on Skills for Autism's Facebook site, which I encourage you guys to follow. So hopefully I have answered that question because that parent said, my child is in the same boat, high functioning, but is struggling with WH questions and recall that we were talking about uh, before. And Skills is a very useful tool for those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, and that... And that just just to address that, it's like that is a whole different. It's funny when when a parent writes in about a particular thing, it brings me back to kind of when I used to oversee programs myself, and that's a different thing. Like when you're when your child is stuck on WH questions, that's a whole different way that we get that to to start going again. So every lesson has a, like our kids have little glitches, they get stuck on certain things. And it's almost like you just need to kind of figure out, oh, you know, I need to go back and strengthen this other skill. And then when I come back, it's like, oh, now it's no problem for him at all. And it was just that we had not, I always talk about this, Shannon, because we teach our kids a thousand things in a very compact period of time, right? Like typically developing kids, they're learning this stuff over five years of their lives, six years of their lives, even longer. And with our kids, we're trying to like just force it all into one year or two years. And so 
a lot of this stuff just gets organized at, not as well as it. It's like a library that doesn't have a good organization system in the brain, you know, and it, you have to sometimes go back and organize one area really much better and like get the child to figure out, oh, okay, a table can be both, you know, rectangular and circular, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it can lead to this as well as that. It can be a functional object as well as just a piece of wood. It can, it has flexibility, all that kind of stuff. Then when you come back and ask about the table, it's just this like, oh yeah, sure. A table is also a desk, you know, it's also in my kitchen. It's like, then they get it. But it's like, we haven't made the connections well enough in an earlier stage. And that's what I usually find happens. Yeah, you know, as a former teacher, one of the things that we always used to talk about was gap skills that a child would have. And, and we exactly. would always call it teaching to Swiss cheese, that a child comes into your classroom and they're supposed to know a whole list of things, but the child comes in and they can't do that. And a lot of times teachers are only trained to teach that class, right? They don't know how to go back and teach the pre-reading skills. Anytime I ever showed skills to a, a teacher, they lost their minds because it was so exciting because it takes you back to what, what the building block is to get to that skill, what the precursor is. It's all like, it's there for you. So you can go back right. and teach the key part of the skill that fills the hole that lets the child jump ahead 22 lessons. It's a very exciting thing. So check skills out, skills for autism. I'm a big fan. I'm like the biggest fan. Uh, I want to get, first of all, I want to say hi to Sapphire. Thank you for joining us, Sapphire. Uh, I want to get to this question. I have a question about telehealth. We have not tried it because I don't want to pay a copay for something that may not work. Do you think it will work with my five-year-old? He's very busy. I just don't know how we would get him to sit still. It's a great question. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I know the whole copay situation makes it so difficult for our families well, as you heard from this, the other family, a lot of the parents and the, the children are benefiting from telehealth. It's not going to work for every child. I do want to say that. And sometimes it's just uh, too difficult to get a child to sit for long enough. But we will make an attempt to shape that behavior up. So uh, what your therapist would probably do is they would start with, let's say, a 20-minute session where they would ask you to facilitate and you would, they would tell you, they would do an activity, you're in the room with the, your child and you would reward the child. And uh, maybe if it's just 10 minutes of actual work and a lot of just like fun reinforcing stuff on the computer. And then uh, that's it, then, you know, gradually we shape that up and it becomes an hour. And then we try to let you go for portions of that so that now the therapist on the screen is engaging your child and, then you just come back at intervals to give re rewards, that kind of stuff. And so we do a lot of things to, to kind of increase the duration of time and engage the child. And by the way, we also have children who are carrying the iPad around with the therapist with them so that they don't have to just stay in one room. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we've done to keep our kids engaged. I mean, Shannon, as you remember, we had our, our therapists were wearing all kinds of weird hats and stuff to keep our kids interested. I so, still want to do a video about that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, get, we have thousands of worksheets. And if you remember, Shannon, we also sent the worksheets to our families 
We can certainly send them out to the public as well. And these worksheets help to uh, keep the child engaged because you want a worksheet with the person on the computer helping and then you can let it go for a few minutes and, and leave, have a break and come back. Well, so there's a lot of possibility and we will do our best uh, having that, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. And, uh, but I do encourage you to try it because it's worth a try. Uh, it's, you know, one session or two sessions and you'll get a feel for, hmm, this might actually work. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I know how precious money is and it's really hard to take a little bit of a leap, but if yeah. your copay, let's say that your copay is $20 and, and I really, I encourage people to try telehealth, not, I, I was saying just try it once, but I honestly feel like trying it at least twice is a, a safe bet. I have not had a single person who tried it once come back and say, you know what, this isn't going to work. Uh, but I think you should be willing to try it twice. So, so maybe that's a $40 commitment and a $40 commitment for something that has the potential, as you heard for this, this parent who wrote in and said, this changed our lives. I think that's a pretty good um, thing to try. Um, and, I, and I especially encourage parents, if you're, if you're currently having in-home services, try the telehealth while you've got a therapist at the house. Talk to your supervisor and work it out so that, so that they can do telehealth with the therapist first so that it's that much easier for you. If you can't do that, many families have been very successful without doing that, but that feels like a little bit cheating, making it a little bit easier to do it that way. Uh, and that appeals well, to and, and can I also add one final comment on the whole yeah. telehealth? I mean, the whole ABA thing really is that this is not like any other field. This is different in the sense that we, the, we can train you. And that's like, that's a very important factor to this. If you, the more, you know, sometimes as a parent, we think, oh, sure, like parent training, but it's not like I'm going to become as good as a therapist. That's not true. A lot of our parents are better than their therapists because they've been around and they have a lot of training. And this is something that you could get to be really, really good at. And the better you are, it also impacts your child very significantly, obviously, because Think of ABA as a language, and the more fluent you are in that language, the more your child will learn that language too. So it's, it's uh, something that you can pick up very easily. And by the way, so right now we're doing all our parent training on, on Zoom as well. So you could easily use this time and get parent training, and every case has parent training authorized. Okay. Uh, we got a lot of questions coming in here at the end that we're not going to get to because as I started the show, I said that if you want more Dr. Grampy-Shay, you're going to want to move in a minute and a half here over to Autism One. It's, it's a free thing that you have to register for, but she's speaking in a minute and a half on Autism One. So we are not going to be able to give her more questions. But people have written in about scripting. We She's answered tons of questions about scripting before. Take a look on our website for your, your kiddos that are memorizing repeating words. We've done lots and lots of questions about that. And then um, for those of you who are writing in and asking about the original price on skills, I'm going to be embarrassing and say that I don't know. I think that it's in the neighborhood of, of around 70 to 75 to $79 a month, uh, but you can get a 10, uh, 10 
20% discount on that right now, if you say that you're friends and family and somebody saying, where do I receive telehealth from what company? I think there are many companies that are doing telehealth, but of course we're talking about CARD, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. If you go to centerforautism.com, you can find out all about where that is close to you. That's the, uh, the organization that Dr. Grampuche founded and it's the service that where I got my son back. Um, so I highly, highly, highly recommend them. Uh, I, I want to thank Dr. Grampuche for being here. We have to let her go, but we adore you. I hope that you have a wonderful and happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, everyone as well. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Right now, you guys can go to Autism One, register very quickly to uh, be able to watch Dr. Grampiche there. I also want to tell you that on tomorrow's show, we have Stephen Gaber. He is the autistic traveler, um, but his day job is that he works at Trader Joe's and he's continued to work during this COVID emergency. And he's going to talk with us about what it's like working at Trader Joe's during a pandemic. I want to know, I have so many things that I want to know about that, but also we have the standout advocates that are going to be with us tomorrow talking about trends and what kind of resources that parents are getting and things that you might not have considered in terms of getting financial help, a uh, wide variety of things that we're going to talk about with them. Don't forget that on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we are going to be showing oldie but goodie marathon of, of everything that we, not everything, but close to everything that we've ever filmed with Temple Grandin. So you won't feel abandoned, but I'm taking a break. Uh, <laughs> that's the truth of it. And we're getting Traven a break too. Uh, but it will be playing all weekend long. So uh, we, we love being able to bring that to you. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. But until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.